Um, so we are in Galatians. Last week, we did the intro to Galatians. We kind of did background story. Here's what you need to know. Here's the kind of the cultural situation. Here's the, the, the political, theological situation of like this region and the churches in this region. And like, why, like, why is Paul writing this? And, and, and what's his mindset as he's writing, literally writing out the book of, the letter of Galatians to the churches in Galatia. Um, and, and we saw that Paul is like, Paul is angry. I mean, it's going to come out this morning too, as we, as we jump in, we're in chapter one, we're, we're just doing the first 10 verses. And, and it's like, I promise you, it's going to, at some points, it's going to feel heavy, like, whoa, Paul, calm down, man, take it easy. Because he, he doesn't hold back. I mean, from the get-go, he is all in on, on, uh, on calling out false teaching. So this morning, this morning serves as a, honestly, as a warning for us. Galatians chapter one serves as a, uh, a stern wake-up call and a very serious caution. And this isn't just for them. This is, this is for us. Like what Paul is gonna write is, is written to them, but it's, it's for us. And he is gonna give us a very serious caution. So I wanna start by asking this. Um, uh, if, if you were a follower of Jesus, you would call yourself a Christian. Uh, why are you a Christian? Now, I don't assume all of us are. And, and I, you know, I, there was times where I was going to church and I still wasn't all in and then trying to figure it all out. So I totally get that. And I'm, I'm glad you're here. If that's you too, keep at it. But some of us are like, yeah, I've, I've made the decision. I'm following Jesus. I'm in. Okay, for you, why are you a Christian? And better yet, uh, why do you remain a Christian? Why, why, why stay? Why stick it out? And not just because like, well, you know, I'm, you know, the, my spouse makes me come or like, you know, it's something, it's just what we do. And, you know, we just, we just, we just come and, you know, I got, I got, it's pretty cool. I got my own seat that I sit in every week and it's like, you know, it's shaped to me. It's like perfect, you know. But why haven't you switched? Why haven't you either gone away from the faith or switched faith or, or left the faith or decided to change faith or kind of like, like, like just, just move on from faith? Why? Why are you still here? There have been plenty of people, plenty of people that have left the faith, right? I mean, people you know, I'm sure. You know of people who at one point were in and now they're like out. And, and, um, and there's a lot of terms we have for this. One, they, they, like a lot of people will call themselves ex-evangelicals, like I've left the faith. Or um, the, 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 the term we have for this is deconstructing their faith where they're like, hey, whatever my faith was, I'm like taking it apart and, and deconstructing what I once constructed and kind of undoing some stuff. And, and, and we look at this and, and honestly, like sometimes it's often celebrated that like, You've graduated from this kind of really rigid, like put you kind of narrow, put you in a box kind of faith. And, and now you've kind of come to, come to grips with maybe reality that like no, how can any one faith or religion or person have all the truth? And that, and that maybe there isn't like, there's, there probably is some, some truth out there that isn't this. And, and like, this does seem to be, whatever Christianity is seems to, to be really stifling and restricting and doesn't, doesn't experience freedom. So I've kind, of, I've kind of moved on from that. And people, people maybe even you know, or pe certainly people like, you know, online and in, in TV, like celebrate that as like a maturing. 
Paul hears this and he says, he's gonna, he's gonna be extremely harsh and he's gonna say, what the heck are you doing? You know, he's gonna start Galatians and he opens rather gently as he does all his letters. And he's kind of like, he, you know, here's his intro, my credentials, here's who I am and here's who God is. And, 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 uh, and, and, uh, and then like, then let's get into it. So he starts, here we go. Chapter one, verse one, we'll go one through five and it's gonna be like, all right, this is nice. It's, it's you know, rather uh, gentle and kind of like, all right, that's nice. Paul, he says, this is, this is me writing. I'm Paul, an apostle. This is my credentials. Sent not from men, nor by a man. Like I'm, I'm not under the authority of someone else sending me to you, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. This is me, the apostle. And I'm sent directly from God, not from someone else or a group of people. And then he says, and all the brothers and sisters with me, the, those who are with me, were writing this to you, to the churches, not the church, the churches in Galatia. We looked at this last week and we looked at the region of Galatia and it's kind of this like, it like kind of snakes down and there's all these churches in it. And, and there's four that we know of that he visited, four cities that we know that he started churches at. There were probably others that were, that were in existence at that point. Um, and he, but he writes to the churches in Galatia. All right. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, that, I mean, that sounds like a way we, you know, that like every book of the Bible could start. Grace and peace. All right, wonderful. Um, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this, the present evil age according to the will of our, of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's like a great opening, right? I mean, even in the opening, he's like, oh, by the way, here's the gospel. Let me just tell you the gospel. Let me just slip that in. Here it is, because we're about to go on a roller coaster and it's, a, it's gonna get bumpy. And he starts this and he starts, you know, this prayer kind of opening, this, this greeting, and then amen. All right, wonderful. And now Paul jumps in. And, and this is the book, this is the, the, the only one of his letters where he goes from the greeting to like zero to 60 instantly. And he goes from, hey, welcome, wonderful, to all right, now let's talk. The other ones, the, all the other books, if you open them and read them, it's kind of like this gradual kind of process. And, and he has, and even will like commend them for their faith. No, 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 not here. Not the churches in Galatia. Here's what we're gonna see. We're gonna start in verse six. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. When you turn from the gospel, here's what we see from Paul. It's serious. When you turn from the gospel, when you leave the gospel, Paul says, this is no small matter. For those who have deconstructed their faith or the ex-evangelicals or, or graduated on or changed faith or switched teams, or, like for, for those who have done that, Paul says, this is a very big deal. This is not something you do or take lightly. This is serious. Notice in this passage, as we read the nature of their turning and what we learn from the gospel, okay? Verse six, here it is. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Paul starts out, first, first sentence, here we go, ready? I'm astonished, I'm, I am beside myself, I'm shocked, I'm genuinely surprised. Like the language here, even in the Greek, it isn't like a, uh, like, it isn't the, like, the shocked you are at when your kids don't clean their room. And you're like, hey, go clean your room. And you show up and you're like, oh, 
I can't believe you didn't clean your room. You knew they weren't gonna clean their room. Like, it's not a genuine surprise. Like, you're like, I expected this and I got a backup plan, right? And, and like, okay, this is for Paul. He genuinely is like, I am honestly surprised. Like, I'm not just, this isn't some hyperbole. I'm genuinely astonished that in such a short amount of time, you are now quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ. The Galatians were in the process of, of switching teams. The, the word here, deserting in the Greek, literally means to, to change one's allegiance. It, means to, it literally means to switch teams. The equivalent is, um, it was used of soldiers who would switch sides and fight for the other side. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm, I'm changing. It's like, no, 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 you're like leaving one and deserting them for another one that's of the opposite side, the, the opposing view. It was used also of like uh, politicians who would switch parties and switch groups. It was like, you're deserting us. It isn't like you're maturing or growing in your faith. Like, like you've left us completely. And he says, Galatians, I'm surprised you're doing this. You've switched teams. You've left our side and you're, you're now on, on some other team. Here's what we see, the seriousness of this. In Paul's mind, he understands this is no small matter. That when you turn from the gospel, he says, you turn from the grace of Christ. You're leaving. You're leaving something. It isn't like expanding or growing or, or evolving that you're walking away from. You are leaving the grace that's found in Christ. Now, remember these Judaizers, if you were here last week, if, if not, you can catch up online and, and, and kind of get the, the behind the scenes, um, that they were showing up and they were preaching Jesus plus something, Jesus plus the Old Testament law and the ways of the Jews. And like, you had to both, like to become a Christian, you had to both become a Christian and a Jew. You had to convert to Judaism because Christianity can't, it, it branched out of Judaism. So if you want the full package, if you want the full, like everything gospel, they would say, you have to also now take on the Old Testament law and you began this, and this is gonna come up in Galatians over and over. And it feels kind of weird. Like, why are you talking about this? It's because it's synonymous with the law that the first thing that happened was for males, circumcision. So he brings, they, these Judaizers brought up, if you wanna be a Christian, and you're a pagan, you're Gentile, you're not Jewish. Okay, the first thing you gotta do, you gotta be circumcised. And then you're in. And then you gotta hold all the dietary laws and the, clean, and the, like the, the cleansing rules and, and regulations. And, and like the Old Testament law, you gotta do all that. It's Jesus. So here's what they're preaching. The gospel is Jesus plus some Old Testament law. So they're showing up and Paul says, why are you doing this? Why are you turning to, to them? You're listening to them and you're turning to them to a different gospel. They're preaching not add-on, they're preaching a different gospel. And he says, and this, this is no gospel at all. Paul is reminding them that Jesus plus anything is not just adding to the gospel, it's changing it. It's replacing it. It's making a new one. And he says, I can't believe you're doing this. You, to, to believe in a gospel that adds something to it is deserting the real gospel. Ooh. When you turn from the gospel, you turn from the grace of Christ. And we see this. When you turn from the gospel, this is why it's serious. This is why it's a big deal. It's no small matter. You have nowhere else to go. He says that you're going to what you think. 
is a new gospel or a, a better, more improved gospel, a new and improved, right? And like, here's, here's the truth. Here's the honest truth. It's no gospel at all. It has no power. It has no authority that it is, it is just a fraud. That these, these false teachers who are coming in, that, that there's only one gospel and it's not theirs. Paul says there's nothing else like the, the real gospel. And unfortunately, false teachers have been using this, this line. Well, we, we, believe, we believe in Jesus too, and they've been using it for centuries. It's likely that these, that these Judaizers, these false teachers were coming into the churches that Paul was at and, and were saying, hey, we believe the gospel just like Paul. But here's a few things he left out. Some things you need to do. Hey, listen, we believe in Jesus. These people, if you were to say like, all right, tell me about Jesus, they'd say, oh, he's the Messiah. He's the son of God. He died on the cross for our sins. Oh man, sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, we're in, we're all in. Now here's the deal. You wanna really experience that grace? You have to also realize that it comes out of the Old Testament and there's some things that are, that are specific in there that if you do these things, all of a sudden you pair like part one and part two and you now have the full experience of the Bible. Sounds awesome, sounds great. Sounds convincing. And Paul comes in and says, what are you guys doing? Why are you listening to these false teachers? Ooh. Here's what we're going to see that, that Paul's going to tell us and he's going to talk about a fake and, and, uh, and that this gospel is no gospel at all. It is what we could call a counterfeit, a fraud, a fake. Now, let me ask you this. Okay, ready? How do you know, how can you figure out or determine if something is counterfeit? How do you know if, if a teaching or a gospel, someone, someone presenting the gospel, if it's real and genuine or if this is some, some tweak or some false teaching or something that's very different? Because for 2,000 years now, we've had plenty of heresies pop up, plenty of false teachings. And, and the way they take hold is that people believe them and they follow them and they're all in. And these are people who maybe at one point really believed the gospel, the real gospel, and then, and then kind of just drifted a little and, and got swayed a little bit by this new thing. How do you know if something is counterfeit? Here's how you know, ready? Here's how you know if, uh, like, um, if uh, someone on this stage ever gets up and says something false and you're like, wait a minute, right? If I'm over uh, up here saying something and, and like, like you shouldn't just believe it because it's true, even though it is, you're, you're fine. It's, you could totally believe. But like, don't. I'm telling you, don't just believe it because someone on the stage said it. How do you know if it's true or not? How do you know if you're not listening to someone who is giving a different version? There are plenty of people who, uh, who write books today and articles and like lead churches that, that are preaching a different gospel and write about a secret message or a, uh, a new revelation of Jesus. They're like, wow, finally, I, I, I've unlocked the true secrets of the gospel or the power of God. And you're like, man, I found it. I did it. I got it. And here's the deal. I'm gonna give it to you and you can know it too. And, and how do you know though? Like, how do I know if that's true or not? Here's how you know. To know if something is a counterfeit, anything. You study the real thing. You study the real thing. 
You don't study every single possible variation or anything that could be wrong. Like you don't, like the way you understand good teaching is not by studying every single false teaching because a new one's popping up and then a new, new one and then another new one. And there will always be the next thing. So how do you filter out? Like, how do I know if this really is like the biblical truth or not? You ready? You study the real thing. There's, there's a movie, um, it's a little old now. It's a, a wonderful movie. It's like super entertaining. It's called Catch Me If You Can. You remember this movie? Um, and, and it's about this guy um, who takes, uh, who uh, his, his, like realizes like, oh, I can like become rich and powerful and wealthy by deceiving people. And he fakes being a pilot and like is like, you know, and, like the whole thing is, is hilarious. You gotta, if you haven't seen it, I, it's raining today, right? You got nothing else to do. Go home, watch the movie. And, and, uh, and he like, he pretends to be a pilot. Um, he's a total fraud. He, he pretends to be a doctor, right? He doesn't know, know, know anything about medicine. He, uh, he, he uh, uh, defrauds banks of like millions of dollars and like false checks. And then he gets to a point where he's uh, printing counterfeit money and becomes the world, like the world expert in counterfeit. And the whole movie is like, they're chasing him, trying to like figure this whole thing out. It's, it's like really well done. And, and, and at the end, like it's based on a true story. And in the, in the real life, like this guy, uh, ends up like, I don't, don't want to spoil it for you, but I kind of have to. So sorry, if you haven't seen it, you know, do this real quick. But he ends up working for the FBI and they say like, all right, hey, you're the best. You're the best. Like, uh, we don't even know how you do it. And, and like, we need you to work for us so that we can like, uh, like, like point out and, and address counterfeits. And, and there, there's even a test of like, all right, how do you know if something's fake? And so they do this, they pull out here. I have some real money, ready? Uh, it's, the, it's the $20. It's literally the last money in my bank account. So uh, no, it's not. But, but they say like, all right, how do you know if it's real? And they give him two and he instantly is able to point it out. Like, how do you know? There's no way you've studied every single variation of counterfeit money. And he says, no, no, no. This, in real life, this is this thing. He says, you don't learn all the fakes. You become so acquainted with the real thing that anything that isn't that, you know. So he goes, here's what you do. You, you, you know how money, how money feels. Like it's very specific, it's texture. The size of it, you, you just know, looking at it. He's like, the smell, he goes, man, I know that smell. I know that smell, money has a smell. He goes, it has a sound. It has a very specific sound that like, if it doesn't sound like that, you know it's fake. The thickness, he's like, I mean, it's, every single dollar is exactly the same. So you know, by just knowing the real thing, you can spot instantly if something's fake. So I need a, uh, I need a volunteer and I'm gonna ask for a, uh, someone of younger, like a child, like, you know, young, you have any young kids in here? Well, uh, I, I know, I know. I want a little, I, I wanna be someone, someone yay, yay taller or shorter. Come on up, trust me, you wanna do it. Come on up, I saw that hand. Come on up, come on up, come on up. Give her a round of applause. All right. Yeah, it's kind of a maze. You just got to work your way around. Okay, here's what I want you to do, okay? Uh, I want you to tell, now here's the deal. I told you this is real, but you guys don't know. You don't know. How do you know this is real? Last service, someone goes, we trust you. And I said, and that's how you get deceived. <laughs> that's how cults start. You just trust them. Okay, so um, I'm going to give this to you. You tell me if you think this is real or if I just printed that. What do you think? Based, based, on, based on your extensive experience with all the money you've made in your life and, right, and all your handling. Okay, what do you think? Why do you think it's real? No? I have no idea. You have no idea? Oh, come You got to give me an answer. Real or fake? What do you think? I think it's real. It is real. Congratulations. 
Now here's the deal. Here's your reward for getting right. You get to keep it. 20 bucks. Isn't that awesome? Awesome. Okay. You're welcome. Now here's, here's the rules though. You got to take someone from your family out to lunch. Now your treat today, right? You got to buy them at least. She's like, did you see that? She's like, uh-uh. It's my money. Good. You already understand money, right? Here's the deal. Just like with money, you know the fakes by knowing the real thing. Here's the thing. Here's the deal. Ready? In the, with theology, you know false teachings by knowing the real thing, by studying the real gospel, by knowing the real, by getting so acquainted with this that when anyone comes and has a different version or tweaks it just, you say, no, no, no. That smells different. I don't even know exactly how or why, but no, no, that's not right. That is not the gospel that I know. And, and what, Paul, what Paul is gonna tell us is that it is easy to be deceived by other people. The reason counterfeit money works is because it looks real. Feels like it works. I, I, my first job ever was working at Blockbuster uh, back when it was like still like a real business. I mean, I know it's a real business here in Bend, but like, which is like, feels like really special, but also like, how is it that it's here, right? And like, are we that backwards that we like Ben is that far behind in the times? So I like, go, even going to the blockbuster now, like we go and we get movies and it, it's like, it's so nostalgic and also like a little PTSD for me because I'm like, like your colors haven't changed. Like your shirts, like that's probably the shirt I wore 20 something years ago. Like I, like this is the, it's the same computers. Like everything is exactly the same when I left it. And, and, um, uh, and I remember when I was working there once, um, uh, you know, back, um, kids, um, back in the day, everyone used to pay with actual, it's called cash. It's real physical money. You saw an example of it this morning. And today people just swipe and charge and whatever. And like you paid your phone. Not back then. It was real money, right? Back when, you know, everything was right with the world. And, and, and I remember at one point, I remember one time, uh, being given, uh, you know, I think movies were like three or four bucks. I don't even know what they are now. Uh, it was actually, I, I do know, I remember it was $4.09 back however long ago for a new release. And it was like awesome. And I remember uh, running it out to, uh, to these uh, teenagers once and, you know, they get, do the whole thing and, you're, you know, your little card or whatever, you scan your library card to get your books and, and, uh, and set their movies. And, 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 and then they give me, you know, a $5 bill for this movie and they're like, you know, on their way out. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, guys. What's wrong? I'm like, what is this? I'm like, this, that's $5. I said, no, no, no. And then we had a little pen that, you know, you mark to find out if it's real or not. And I'm like, this, guys, are you sure? I mean, it was like, they didn't even try. It was like, it was like black and white, like not even green. It was like, I mean, Monopoly money would be more convincing, you know? And I'm like, if I mark this, what's gonna happen? I'm like, uh, what do you mean mark it? I'm like, we have markers to see if it's fake or not. And they're like, oh, oh man, come on back. Like, like, like people today, I mean, at least back then, like you, they still try to counterfeit. And the way you know if something is counterfeit, it's by knowing the real thing. Here's what Paul says in, in verse seven. Evidently, this is, what I, this is the word I've been told, right? Evidently, word on the street is that some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Now these false teachers were, were, were trying to and, and able to create confusion and division 
Paul says there's some who are troubling you, and it literally means to like to shake or to agitate, to throw into confusion. And, and, and they're, they're using the, the age-old adage that is attributed to Julius Caesar, probably comes before then, um, to divide and conquer. That, hey, listen, here's how, we can, here's how we can overtake this church, a church. We divide the church, and then we let it fight amongst itself, and then it'll be easy. And so we'll divide in the midst of even in theology and like some will, will understand and, and, and like follow our gospel and then those who don't, and then they will fight. And that they're really, Paul's realizing some of you, this is working and they're throwing you into confusion. These Judaizers were creating intentionally confusion in the churches and Paul wastes no time calling them out. So we see that false teachers create confusion and division and false teachers add just, this is where they get you, they add just enough truth to deceive. It isn't, listen, the, the reason a false teaching or a false gospel, the, the reason it takes root isn't because it's 100% wrong. That's easy to spot. It's when it looks right and sounds right. It sounds like they're preaching. It sounds like Paul. It's, they're, quoted, they're using the same language, quoting the same verses, and it's so convincing. It can be so subtle that it works. That, that, that they, they, right, the, the whole, like, they sound, sound like a duck. They walk like a duck. They look like ducks. They're, they're preaching like ducks preach, right? I mean, this must be it. This must be the gospel. Now, I, I don't... Um, this happens today, and I don't, I don't, I don't intentionally, I don't, I'm not, I really don't want to insult anyone. I hope I don't, but I do need to mention, and we're going to talk about a few, another religion right now, and, and not in a demeaning way at all, because I, I have people who were in this, and I love them, but, but to illustrate and to show, like, like, this is very much, this is very much prevalent today. Do you know, do you know what the group is that Mormonism has the most success converting? Any idea? Take a guess. It's, it's actually easy. It's Christians. Most, most of the people who convert to Mormonism were you in a church, Christian church, evangelical church, and then eventually realized like, oh, well, maybe I don't have the real gospel or the true gospel or I'm missing out. Uh, the best man in my wedding, his name is Landon. He's a strong Christian, uh, still is, um, and uh, uh, was a, one of my best buds and, and like just a, a great guy. And, and um, his father was a strong Christian and he became a Mormon um, and, uh, and started going to the Mormon church, getting really involved, even wrote a book on, on you know, why I'm a Mormon. And I remember, um, uh, I remember going to their house, you know, a lot because we're buddies and hanging out and friends and, and, um, and having conversations with Landon's dad. His dad's name uh, is, was Mike. And, and, um, and it got to the point where Landon and Mike couldn't have conversations. He's like, we've just, we've just agreed to disagree and we won't have discussions and fights about theology because we just, we get into it and it becomes knockdown, drag out. And like, for the sake of our relationship, we just won't engage. So we, all right. Now, I didn't make that deal. So when I showed up, I'm like, hey, do you mind, can I talk to your dad? And he's like, sure, dude, but you're, you're gonna be just going against a wall. Like, all right. And I said, that's fine. And, and he, there were times where Landon would even be like, hey, I'm just gonna step out because I just get so frustrated over all this. I'm like, all right. So it's just me and his dad, you know, who's like, you know, my dad's age, like my elder. And, 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 um, and I remember asking specifically, like, so what is it? What is it that made you decide to become a Mormon, to leave 
to leave Christianity and become a Mormon. And he says, let me correct you. Hold on. I'm a Christian just like you. I just have extra book. Okay, you're a Christian just like me. Yeah, we believe the same thing. It's just I, I, my faith is more full because I have additional information that, that you haven't agreed to yet. I said, oh, that's interesting. Now, I, I've met with, um, uh, I met with, for whatever reason, like I've had a lot of interactions with, with Mormons and they're great. Honestly, they're some of the best people. Uh, half my family is Mormon in my side of my family. And so like, I just, I'm around it a lot, was around it a lot. And I've also been able to interact with just a lot of Mormon missionaries. And, and, uh, and again, like they're, they are far more zealous about their faith often than even we are. And, and I've had so many conversations with, with Mormon missionaries, both like randomly on the street or like, um, you know, uh, going out in restaurants and, and uh, inviting them to lunch or, or even like there's one point where, um, where I, I met some, me and a friend and, and they, they uh, didn't really have answers to our questions, at least so they said. So they invited us to come back to their house, one of their homes and uh, with some of their other, you know, uh, kind of like... Um, uh, the like manager missionaries, like the kind of like supervisor missionaries. And, and we're like, great, we'll do it. And we walk into this home and there's like eight or 10 of them in like a semicircle. And they're like, come on in. And we're like, all right, here we go. Let's do it, right? Okay. I've had, I've had a lot of interactions with more missionaries. Some of the, a lot of my flights when I lived in California went through Salt Lake City. So like, you know, odds are whoever I'm sitting next to, I'm like, okay, you're probably Mormon and we would get in conversation. It was great. And here's what I got every time, honestly, every time. Hey, we're Christians too. We're Christians too. We're just kind of like a different version, a different, a different denomination of Christianity. And, and we, we just think that ours, you know, um, is, maybe has some more information or m- more stories more info than you do. We're Christians just like you. Almost like it was like, they were, like the training was like, hey, say this, this is how you start. So I began studying Mormonism and, and really got to know, I mean, really studying the theology of it. Not, not just like, like or what do you say you believe? But all right, I'm gonna read your books and I'm gonna read like what your prophets have said and, and the theology. And you quickly realize, like I quickly realized you would too if you did a deep dive. Wow, we are not the same at all. As much as we use the same language, as much as we talk about the gospel, as much as we talk about Jesus, and oh, I believe in Jesus and he died on the cross for our sins and, and salvation through him and like, like he's got, you know, God's one and only son, like, wow, okay, like, I guess, I guess we are the same. Except the problem is all of our terms are different. So I'm having um, lunch with some missionaries, two missionaries uh, once, and uh, I took them out to... Um, honestly, probably the best place on earth, In-N-Out. And we're eating at In-N-Out. And uh, it's the thing I miss the most, right? It's the, it's the thing in California that's like, okay, like if I go back, it's like, I'll go out of my way to go there because it is the promised land. It's like, it's like we're having manna out in the desert and then eventually we can get to In-N-Out. When In-N-Out comes to Ben, then Ben becomes like the new Jerusalem. Like it is heaven. It will be heaven on earth once they come. So we're having, we're having lunch there and, and, um, and you know, one of the guys, um, there's two guys, of course, and uh, 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 they're both elder. They're both younger than me, but, you know, they're elder. And they're like, oh, I'm, you know, Elder Smith and I'm Elder James. I'm like, all right, what's your, what's your real name? I'm like, oh, Elder Smith. I go, what does your mom call you? <laughs> He's like, Robert. <laughs> okay, <laughs> nice to meet you, Robert. Like, um, and, and, uh, and I said, and, they, and one of the guys was like this the whole time, just like, all right, all right, here we go. 
And the other guy was really like super gracious and nice and like, hey, thanks for meeting with us. We're so glad. And, and of course he opened and did most of the talking in the beginning. And he said, hey, here's the thing. So I think, I think you're gonna be surprised at how much we agree on stuff as we talk. You're gonna be shocked at, at, at honestly how similar we are in what we believe. And you know, other dude is like, and, and, I said, and I said, hey, I get that. And with all due respect, on probably every issue we're gonna discuss, we're on opposite sides. I'm gonna make a prediction that we're gonna be on opposite, not, not similar or close. We're gonna be completely opposite, right? And, and you know, nice guy was like, okay, well, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And, and then this guy's like, like getting ready. I'm like, okay, this guy's gonna blow his lid. And, and, and I, said, Here, I said, let's just start. Let's just start with God. Um, I, believe, uh, I, believe in, um, uh, I believe in one God. There's only one God. You believe in many gods, maybe even millions. And he said, no, we do not. We believe in one God. And I said, okay, hold on, my mistake. You believe, you, I said, you, you acknowledge, these are the words I used. You acknowledge the existence of many to maybe even millions of gods, but you've placed your belief in only one of them. Well, that's not really something we'd like to talk a lot about. It's not one of our main things we teach in our theology. And I said, but do you believe that's true? And he goes, well, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what we teach in our theology. And I said, you and I are very different. I don't believe there's millions of gods. I said, I said you believe, I said, I believe that God is spirit. Right? When John, the book of John says God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and truth. And you believe that God is actually like a physical male with a physical male body with an actual like beard. <laughs> like literally, that's the description of God the Father. I said, we are very different. I said, I believe God is eternal. How he has existed has always been. You, you're in your theology. I'm not knocking it. This is just, I'm just trying to state like, here's, I want to know honestly what you believe. You believe that, that God was once a man, just like us. And that he, he worked his way to Godhood and, and achieved Godhood and became God of this planet. I said, you, you and I, we believe very, like we say God, but we mean very different things. Very different things. And I said, and you, part of even you being on your, your missionary, like your mission, your to your mission, is that you, you too, are trying to attain Godhood. Am I right? I mean, you, are you on the third level of heaven? And they're like, at this point, they're like shocked that I know anything about Mormon theology. And like nice guys like, oh, well, yeah. And then, and then this dude's like, let me go. Let me at him. Let me at him. Like, and I said, so here's the thing. As much as you and I are going to be like, uh, like using the same terms, let's just define our terms because we're, we're very, we're very opposite. And, and I think I could argue that, that, that these are different gospels, not the same. And then this is when arms guy chimes in and he goes, you know what? It is a different gospel. We're right and you're wrong. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And I said, and I said, how do you know? How do you know I'm wrong, right? Because I'm, I'm at this point, I'm a pastor, right? So I'm, they're like, you know, they know who they're getting into. It's just, I'm not just some guy on the street. Like I, I'm at a church. I, I, here's what I believe. And, and he said, well, we know that, that there was an apostasy in, you know, I can't remember what year, year 400 or 500, and that the church went south and that it, 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 it left the faith and it perverted the gospel. So much so that it was lost. And then Joseph Smith was 
was, was able to restore the true religion back on earth and, and was given, was visited and was given, uh, was given the, true, the true religion to institute back on earth. I said, okay, I know the story. I know the story. So you, you think that I'm like, I'm, I'm following a false gospel. And you know, th- at this point, this guy's doing all the talking. He's like, yeah, absolutely. And I said, okay, so we're not at all the same then, right? Like, you don't even think I'm in. Like, you say we're both Christians, but you don't even think I'm a Christian because you're the only real Christians. He's like, that's right. I'm like, okay, at least we're getting somewhere. At least we're having an honest conversation about what we believe. Now, this conversation went on and, and I, you know, it, it ended nicely and it was fine. And of course, no, nobody moved. We, we didn't end seeing eye to eye, but it was, it was very much so a, a don't pretend that we're just the same because theologically we are very different. Here's what else we're gonna see. Paul is gonna move on and he's gonna, he's gonna say this. This is now, I'm gonna say it gentle and then Paul is gonna just jump right in. If anyone preaches a different gospel to you, don't follow it. Anyone preaches a different gospel, don't believe it. That's not how Paul says it. Paul gets serious and he tells these Galatians that the false teachers are gonna, they are to be cursed and rejected. Here's what he says, verse eight. But even if we, he's like, even if I show up with my, our people, if, if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let, let them be under God's curse. As we've already said, now I say again, I'll repeat it. I'm gonna write it twice. This is that big of a deal. If anyone is preaching a gospel to you, a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. The word in Greek is anathema. And it's, it, we, often in theology, we keep the same thing. That if, if there's a heresy, it's told to be anathema, literally rejected and, and like people can be anathema and they're excommunicated or kicked out for heresy. And, and so he says, let them be anathema, under God's curse. Another translation says eternally condemned. This isn't a small thing. This isn't like, hey, just, you know, just humor them, just try and just keep the peace. He says, no, 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 listen, they should be anathema rejected, removed. Oof. Someone changes the gospel. If we come back and preach a different gospel or an angel from heaven, this is one of those verses that feels like it's so specific and so ahead of its time. It's like, I don't know if Paul knew this was coming or if he's just writing, you know, he's inspired by God to write this down. But this this is like applies directly for future experiences that are coming that he doesn't even know about. So I remember a story of a, a pastor, friend of mine, um, a mentor of mine when I became a Christian. He's the guy that kind of took me under his wing. His name's Ed, and he's a, he's a um, pastor of a church down in Southern California still. And, and he and I, I still try and keep in touch every few months or so just, to, just because he's that like, meaningful for me in my life. And I remember him telling a story once where he had kind of a light bulb moment. Um, specifically in talking about like with other religions. And, and he says that there was a, um, he met a guy and he's like, all right, I think, I think this guy even came to his house and you know, the like door to door stuff. And he, and he said that there, um, that um, uh, let me tell you about my religion, how it started. There was a, a div- really humble, devout um, man who wanted to know God and follow God and love God. And he wanted to know which religion was right. So he asked and he prayed earnestly, honestly, over and over, God, show me, show me which religion on earth is the right one and I'll do it. And when you know it, an angel shows up and appears to this man 
and says, none of them are right. They're all corrupted. You are gonna be my instrument to bring about the true religion, to restore the right religion back on earth. So he does. So this, this man is given uh, a, a book even to write down and to, and to a new scripture. Now, if you know anything about world religions, um, what does this sound like? What does this sound like to you? You know, up to this point, I mean, this is, he's describing Mormonism. He's describing how like, like the Joseph Smith experience of trying to find the right religion and then experiencing an angel and then finding these, these, uh, the, the Book of Mormon tablets and translating it and coming up. Like if you study world religions, you, that's just the story. It's not even like up for debate. That's the, yeah, that's how it happened. Except this person, he goes, this is the light bulb moment. This person said, Allah is God and Muhammad is his prophet. Oh, that's right, I guess. Islam started the same way. In fact, it's shocking how similar the origins of these two faiths are. And Muhammad wanted to know the right religion and the angel Gabriel showed up and told him, I'm gonna show you the right, the right real religion and took him to Jerusalem. And, and then he like wrote down the Quran and like all of a sudden started this new religion. And, and what are the odds? How is it that both of these major world religions started with an angel showing up saying, hey, you're gonna restore the real truth, the real gospel, the real religion. Paul, hundreds of years earlier, he writes this, even if an angel shows up and preaches a different gospel, whew, anathema. I've, I've never, now, I, I, I've never seen an angel. I mean, maybe I have, like, I just don't know it. Um, last service, my wife was in here, so I, I, I said, I've seen at least one angel. You know, I know one, right? She, yeah, she did not think that was funny. Um, uh, but I've never, like, experienced, like, in my room. Like, but if I know, and if you, I'm, for myself or for you, today, you go home, and at night, you're in bed, like, going to sleep and thinking about it, and, and like, all right, Lord, just, you know, I just want to know more of you. I want to, I want to know truth, and, and, and I want to know what's real. And all of a sudden, this angel shows, like, a real angel, like, the full thing, the lights and, the, and like, the white bright and, like, the kind of, like, blinding, like, oh, my gosh, are you a real angel? I am a real angel. All right. And it tells you a new gospel or to tweak the gospel or a different truth. Here's what you say to that angel. You, you open Galatians and you say, anathema. This is false gospel. You don't believe it. He says, even if an angel shows up, you don't believe it because there's one gospel and it hasn't changed and it won't change. Don't, if someone preaches a, a different gospel to you, he says, don't follow it. Don't follow them. Then Paul writes one kind of final transition line in this passage in which he's gonna enter kind of a new thought for next week. He says this, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings? Am I trying to win the approval of people or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, here's, then here's, this would be true of me. I would not be a servant of Christ. He says, I'm not in this to win fans. I'm not in this, like in today, like it's not about likes or retweets or like follows. Like I don't care about any of that. I'm not in this to please people. I'm not trying to make friends with these Judaizers, these false teachers. Here's the truth. I'm in it to please God and I serve Christ and I wanna, I wanna know that, that, that you are understanding the real true gospel because in it and only it is the power to save. So 
Don't walk away from it. And if these guys have a problem with it, so be it. I'll come visit. They know where I live. (laughs) This is too big of a deal. This is too serious. Here's what Paul's saying this morning. If I abandon the gospel for anything, he says then, I abandon everything. If you leave the gospel, this is the warning. This is for you. If you leave the gospel for anything, to deconstruct, to find a new faith, to, to, to convert to another, another religion or, or thought process or worldview or deconstruct or become an ex-evangelical, whatever it is. If you abandon the gospel, he says, for anything, anything added to it, any other kind of gospel that's not really a gospel, anything at all, you've left everything. This is a big deal. This is why it should grieve us when people do leave the faith and we should fight so hard to say like, listen, I, I get you have a, everyone has their own personal decision. I want you to really seriously think about what you're doing and, and know what it means. They don't just casually walk away from this. Paul says, don't do it. I'm shocked that you're doing this. Don't do it. Don't abandon everything. Hold firm to the gospel for it alone has the power to save your soul. Would you do this? Would you stand with me? And we're gonna, we're gonna worship then together. We are, we are literally the first 10 verses into Galatians. And it's like, it's, 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 like he, it's like he shows up with a spiritual baseball bat and is like, all right, I'm, I'm literally coming out swinging. Here we go. So as we walk through Galatians, it really is all about holding firm to the real gospel. Would you do this? Would you bow with me as we... So we pray. So Lord, we thank you and we worship you. We, we want to be like Paul. We want to be faithful to the real gospel. The gospel that we read in the scriptures that hasn't changed and won't change. Help us to know and study the real thing so that we can identify any kind of counterfeit. And we can say, that is not the real gospel. We love you, Lord. We worship you now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.